and I'm glad to have you back for another edition of the Rockcast, a podcast made by Rockhurst University students for Rockhurst University students and anyone who's interested in life here at Rockhurst. I hope you're having some fun in the sun on campus. So we're just going to talk about a little things that we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. So to kick off Women's History Month on campus, Rockhurst has named Sandra Cassidy our next president. She is the first female lay president in the university's history. Talk about kicking off Women's History Month with a great start. Off campus, I'm pretty sure you all have heard about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine's presidents, Vladimir Putin and President Zelensky. So we're gonna discuss Ukraine and how it's viewed by students. Finally, in our last episode, we talked about our reactions to the Black History Month panel that was hosted by the BSU, where we had Black-owned businesses in the KC area. So we're gonna give an update about that and how the rest of the activities went last month. But first, let's introduce our cast on today. Talk about your name, hometown, major, year, and the best thing about spring on campus. Hello everyone, my name is Damian Hood. Uh, I am from the Kansas City area and my major is psychology with a minor in criminal justice. And I am a junior here at Rockhurst University. And the best thing about spring here on campus is quite honestly, just, just the sun, specifically the sun. Uh, I really don't like the cold, like at all. Like when it's cold, I just, I'm always bundled up with like too many layers and I don't like wearing multiple layers. So yeah. Hello everyone. My name is Sydney Truesdale. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I am a senior here at Rockhurst. Uh, I'm a nursing major, minored in Spanish. Um, my favorite thing about spring on campus specifically is gotta be the tulips. Hate to be basic like that, but it is just so beautiful. And um, it just kind of always reminds me of the end of the year. And I feel like every, like a lot of my favorite events, like the best part, like all the fun stuff is like packed into the last like two months. And once I see the tulips, I'm like, okay, like all the fun stuff's coming. And like Damien said, the weather is just amazing. My favorite time of the year, back to outdoor walks. I, I hate the winter, so I'm looking forward to spring. Hi everyone, I'm Daniel Arroyo, my hometown. I'm actually from here, from the area, I'm from KC. My major is political science and theatrical arts. I'm a sophomore here at Rockhurst. Um, and the best thing about spring on campus, I'm gonna have to agree with Sydney, is the tulips. <laughs> the tulips, they just bring like such a spring vibe. And also they're like signatory of the end of the year. And you, when I see the tulips, I know like spring break is around the corner and I'm ready to go. So <laughs> definitely the, the tulips, the ground people do, do a really nice job with the gardens and just um, acclimating us to the outdoors. It's very beautiful. Absolutely agree. Hello everyone. My name is Brianna and I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I major in physics of medicine and bioethics. And after the best thing about spring on campus, I would have to say hammocking. Like I love hammocking outside in like great weather. I remember my freshman year, I fell asleep on a hammock for over an hour. I woke up to my friend supporting me. But nevertheless, it was such such great vibes. You can, you can read, like, you're seeing people on campus too. I feel like in the spring semester, everyone comes out of their little holes. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're going out of hibernation and like everyone's out from <laughs> the sun. So like, yeah, I would say that's definitely my favorite part. But yes, if you haven't already, be sure 
quick to subscribe, comment, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch this as a Zoomcast, find us at youtube.com slash talk. If you have any questions or topic ideas or are interested in being a guest co-host, send us a DM on Instagram at Rockhurst University or contact us through rockhurst.edu. Like I mentioned in the introduction, on Monday, February 28th, Rockhurst named Sandra Cassidy as our 15th president. She's the first female president and first lay president of Rockhurst University. She follows our first female athletic director last year, Christy Bayer. Originally, Rockhurst was an all-male school until 1969. So yes, I'm going to turn it over to our co-host. What were your initial reactions when Sandra Cassidy was named our next president? Well, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I honestly, I was walking to school to do homework, totally forgot that they were doing like the presidential reveal or whatever in Arupe. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I snuck in in the back and um, right in time for them to announce who it was. And it was cool. Everyone gave her like a standing ovation and it was really exciting. Um, I don't know if it was on here or like just in a conversation I had, but I was like talking to somebody about, I was like, we talked about, you know, like who do you think is going to be like the next president or whatever. And I was like, I think it'd be so cool if it was a woman. And I don't want to say I called it, but I feel like I called it because because it's a woman. And I just think that that is a huge step forward for Rockhurst. I think it's really cool. I can't wait to see what she does. Um, I feel like being the first woman and being the first lay person is going to add so much extra pressure that maybe past presidents Mm -hmm. haven't had to deal with. So, um, you know, I hope that the Rockhurst community is really supportive and welcoming of her and kind of helps her with this transition. Um, I am personally looking forward to getting to know her. She seems like a genuine person. And if she made it through that whole um, process, obviously there's a lot of good things about her. So I can't wait to get to know her. I agree with Sydney. I'm very excited for both her and us, you know. It's sort of like this culminative moment because it's a legacy. Not only is she the first woman, she's also the first lady to be charged with the presidency. And also I was reading up and she's only the 15th president of the university. And from my understanding, she's impeccably qualified. She's acquired a PhD and has been in previous collegiate positions. So her experiences really speak for themselves. Um, I think we as a student body hope to create an acclimating space to answer the question. Uh, also like assess her efforts, what she wants to do on campus, all the while um, like alongside her ensuring a stronger sense of community here on campus, which is at the very crux of our Rockers initiative. Um, because she's not only taking on a role of leadership, but also incorporating herself in a larger communal space with um, And this space has like, you know, intentions and initiatives of inclusivity and like the Jesuit experience and just higher education in general. So I'm very thrilled for her and um, for us as a collective community here at Rockhurst. Just in time for Women's History Month, just saying. (laughs) I would definitely agree. I remember when, before the process even started, I know the university held like kind of like listening sessions on like different surveys to hear like what students were looking for as far as like qualities and characteristics of the new president and I remember one of our questions in that conversation was well do they have to be a Jesuit priest and they said no and we were like oh okay well that opens like 
that opens the opportunity for a lot of things. So I really like that even just even the top three candidates, it was a diverse pool. They were all on very different like spectrums of life and in their careers. So I like that it was, it just didn't seem like the same, like one, two, and three, they were distinctively different. Um, and so I'm excited. I remember looking at her resume, it was very extensive. I was like, wow, <laughs> she has done a lot. <laughs> so I'm very excited to see what will happen as far as like any foreseeable challenges she may face. I know that Father Kern was well-loved and well-liked across campus. And so I think, I'm hoping that the Rock Coast University students can give her the time, space, and grace to her new role and also understand that like she's not going to do things exactly how Father Curran did it like she's going to add her own little spice to it you know so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see like what she's going to bring to the table and how she hopes to grow and change rockers for the years to come so moving right along to our next topic of conversation Russia versus Ukraine so Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th 2022 so as of the time of the recording, around 600,000 people have fled Ukraine. Civilian deaths are between 150 to 200. And for the first time, we're seeing social media is giving direct access to this war, something that has never happened before. So I want to know, like, what is you all's perspective and how has social media opened your eyes to this war or he even made you more aware like, what were your like initial thoughts and reactions seeing this on social media? One of the initial reactions that I had um, when I first learned about it, because I have a news app and I get like uh, breaking news alerts like immediately when stuff happens and all that. Right. So I remember getting the first one and I read it like five times because I was like, we're really in 2022 and a war is about to start. So um, I know that we were in at that time when I did read it, we were we were trying to promote one of our Black History Month events. And I was like, at that time, I was like, I can't even do any of that. So I just decided to like post screenshots of the stories on all my so- social media platforms to like get everybody like known just to, in case nobody like actually knew at that initial time yet. And I just remember reading it and like so shocked. So I was just, mm-hmm. I remember following, um like the synopsis of the of the conflict for some time now, actually, um, on social media and even outside of social media as a student, as a rocker student, but even as a political science student, I am a political scientist and someone who is studying the science of international issues. And I'm actually enrolled in a course now, which is called International Relations and Organizations. And we have been following the conflict for some time now. We've dedicated time in class to for it to be a case study. And, you know, we've uh, analyzed its various intricacies, like its very behavioral shifts and like the different events that have gone and taken place. Um, and uh, specifically, we're uh, assessing the international initiative. Um, so like the pre- what the president of the United States has done, the allied forces, the United Nations, NATO, the European Union, among a plethora of other state-based and individualistic efforts that we're, we're studying. Um, which are now attempting to wrestle down the invasion and the military positioning of Russian troops in, in what is called a sovereign state. So this is where I like where we've been hearing on social media and online, this is where the economic sanctions and the monetary funds and the supplying of weaponry comes into play. 
And I'm saying this to say, because like um, social media has been at the crux of it, media in general, but social media has been very insightful in highlighting the atrocities, the horrific parts, the reporting of the situation in general, but it has also brought things to light. For example, um, several people of Ukraine, as all of us have heard, are currently leaving Ukraine and so are many of the African residents of Ukraine. Um, but what we don't know and what social media highlights are things like this. African refugees have faced racism at Ukraine borders. That and also sectors of the media are so bolted and so shocked by the situation in Ukraine and have expressed things like, this is not Latin America, this is not Iraq, this is not Iran, it's Ukraine, a European nation state. How can this be possible? You know, and that is blatant racism. And that is ethnic discrimination that targets the brown diaspora. And we don't often talk about it like that, uh, but that is completely intolerable, but it would not have been noted had it not been for the social media advocates and the coverages that many of us at Rutgers um, frequent or visit. Um, and I'm saying all that to say, because I'm very passionate about the conflict in itself, you know, as a political scientist, and I can speak on it forever with much fervor. But um, as far as us as students, most students go on about our quotidian and collegiate life, hearing things here and there, and spreading the words, the, the word at Rockhurst, or to our loved ones, or for those who are in leadership positions, all of us here on this panel right now who are hosting, all of us are members, if not on executive boards for associations and organizations, whether that be on or off campus. Um, but the initiative to aid begins with a care for the person, which is a rocker's core value. And more broadly is an Ignatian way of nurturing, is an Ignatian way of what good people do. So what that means is that just as the actual happening of war is affecting real humans, real Ukrainians with real lives and the other on the other side of the globe, the incentive to be of help also starts with real humans who lead a real life like us. So as far as us as rocker students, following it on social media, you know, we can always reach out to our favorite NGO, we can always donate, share Father Curran's letter, you know, Father Curran, Father Curran spoke on it. Uh, not too long ago, bring awareness where awareness is not brought. That is what we are to do. And we are equipped to do all of these things. And this is a very important and culminative moment in our history, not only because it's, it's relevant and it's been relevant for many years, but because we are living through it now. Yeah, that was, I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, my answer compared to what you're about, you just said, but I <clears throat> was shocked. I mean, like, I, it's just crazy to think about as much as I'm like, gonna like it, the war is like playing out on my TikTok and like on my Snapchat and like in my, like, I listen to like a daily drive on Spotify and sometimes they have like news at the beginning and then I listen to that and it's like I've been hearing the buildup for whatever months or whatever and um <clears throat> then like the day that it finally happened and it, it's one thing to hear about it and to be like oh it's just another war it's just another horrible thing that's happening in our country or our world but like seeing the firsthand videos um like something about that and seeing that on social media like seeing the lives of people being affected has really made a difference like you were saying Daniel um and 
I, I don't know. It's, it's really horrible. It, I, I just can't even, I can't even think about it. And some of the stories I've heard of, um, you know, people, families being separated at the border and just like the humanitarian crisis of all those people fleeing to different countries, of, you know, around the world and trying to just leave and not being able to leave because so many people are leaving and um, videos of like the bombing. And I just, I can't imagine. I mean, I've never lived through something like that. You know, like we, or at least in my experience in this country, I've never been to war. I've never been around war. And for those people like that's been their life. Cause I mean, Russia invaded Ukraine in what was it? 2014 also. So I feel like they have just had a horrible time and I can't imagine the terror, the fear, and just like the amount of like unknown I would feel if I was there. I definitely agree. I know I was, I heard about it for some time and I feel like as far as like having like faces, knowledge of like what's going on, what happened, that's something that I had to look up, learn, read. But as far as like on the social side of like how it's directly like affecting families, mm -hmm. people, that's what I saw through social media. So I definitely believe that like, it's a, definitely a balancing act of having both of those outlets to look to. I remember seeing like videos of um, fathers pretty much, you know, having to separate from their children and wives. And it was very disheartening to watch. And then um, the response to even some, the responses from even some men in Ukraine who want to leave, but they can't. Um, and so it's really, it's really disheartening to see it in front of your face and like on your phone. It's something that I want to say, honestly, I want to say that this is something of surprise to me, but I think history has shown us enough that like anything is possible. Like we're seeing problems and conflicts that has happened decades ago and they somehow always show up in our today and in our future. So honestly, when I look at like things that have happened like decades ago, like I would say like it is possible that this could happen. And so we're seeing like this war on our phone and it's disheartening, but it's also like, okay, what do we do now? You know, what do we do next? And I really do appreciate Father Curran's letter and as Daniel mentioned, I think it's so important to raise that awareness and increase others a knowledge around you. I really like the fact that we're not just acting like it didn't happen or we're acting like it's not happening right now. And I think it's so important for people to know that the United States, whether you like it or not, is not a bubble. No country anyways is a bubble. Like we all have impacts on one another. So just because it's not happening to us, quote unquote, or just because it's not happening in the United States does not mean that it's not going to affect the United States. So we, when we talk about trade, oil, gas, we can get into all of that. Like that's a major impact. Like war can have a major impact. So it baffles me when people say, oh, well, you know, like it's disheartening, it's sad. I see it on social media, but at least it's not happening here. It's like, what? <laughs> like, so it's so many different avenues that this conversation could go, but like, I would say like those are like my like initial thoughts and reactions on like the war and things of that nature. Um, but I do want to ask a follow-up question. During this whole conflict and you're seeing it on social media and you're all seeing in the news articles, like what are some of the most like interesting or impactful things that you have seen about the war? I actually 
saw a TikTok the other day that <clears throat> was really striking to me. This, I don't know if it was a Ukrainian official or someone on the news was reading a statement from a Russian soldier that he had just texted to his mom like a couple hours before he was killed. And um, they were sent into the war um, with the understanding that, you know, the they were told he was like 18, 20 years old, and they were told that the Ukrainian people were going to be welcoming them. And he was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this is, you know, this is horrible, mom. Like, I want to come home. Like, I miss you. And her, his mom is like, you know, I wanted to send you a care package. Like, what are you doing? And he, that's when he was like, we, we shouldn't be here. Like, this is horrible. And then a couple hours, like after that, he was killed. And I feel like that's just so heartbreaking because on both sides, it's just innocent loss of life and for no reason, like just for no reason at all. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that same reporting. I read it in an article and read it on TikTok or see it on TikTok. <laughs> but um, I think for me, other than the fact that like the invasion, like the escalation breaches international law, I think hearing or like watching videos of the shelling, you know, we've been hearing that word like shelling, like throughout, like pouring throughout the media, um, the shelling and the invasion affecting and reaching innocent civilians. And also, um, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union or whatever, um, you know, when Ukraine becomes its own independent sovereign state, however many years ago, I think it was 1991, mm -hmm. Ukraine uh, oversees its own accords and now it has like interaction with its own players and it's now an independent nation state. You would think um, that because like such brutalities are happening, the Ukrainian people would be like completely vulnerable um, and they are but the efforts, like watching people aid President Zelensky, you know, all over media is being painted as a hero. Um, just watching the aid around, around Ukraine and, you know, like the hashtags pray for Ukraine. It's always very admirable because, I mean, we've seen war in different instances with different groups of people at different times in our history. And this is not the same. And at the time, we didn't have the same reaction towards it. You know, some wars in some instances have been overlooked in matters of history. But watching this now, playing real time in 2022, y'all, like in front of our noses, like we open TikTok. We, we've all been saying TikTok, Instagram, you know, Facebook, like it's all there in front of us. This is, this is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I just want to talk about the advertising of the war uh, some something like a little off topic uh, I was I'm watching a movie for one of my assignments uh, in psychology of film class whatever it's called that class um, and it's called Ladybird and there was a quote from the main character when she was driving with her mother uh, going to a high school college wherever she was going and it was I'm sorry I didn't have anything to live through. And the mother's reaction is like, oh, what do you mean you've been through stuff? You're going through stuff right now. And she's like, I haven't had any big event to go through. And it's like, when she said that, and I just like had to pause the movie because now that I'm thinking, I'm like, 
I'm actually going through quite a bit of big issues that have been going on in my life. And I'm like, not, not just this war specifically, but just like the past 10 years specifically has been like a lot. And seeing the advertisements, like Daniel said, like on Instagram, TikTok and everything, it's like, we still even get to see some of the uh, same ways of advertising the event uh, as the, and in history, like we're seeing athletes do it. One, one athlete in soccer, after he scored a goal, like went to the camera and even wrote no more war, please. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, no more war, please. We're seeing basketball players line up because of one of the players being actually uh, you being from Ukraine. Uh, having Ukraine nationality. I hope I said that correctly. Um, Ukraine nationality. And everybody's like uh, standing side by side on the court in silence for a few minutes just to show their solidarity of the event. Um, we're seeing um, Ukraine ambassador. Actually, one of the things I was wanting to mention is Ukraine ambassador to the US will be among the guests for President Biden's first State of the Union. So hopefully, if you're not informed enough, you tune into that and you can get more informed of what our involvement in this war would be or would look like or is going to be. So uh, it's just it's just heartbreaking that this is even going on. It's just like, oh, goodness. I'm seeing, sadly, I hate to say that, like I'm even seeing like jokes and memes still about this. Like there's still like a lot of memes about it. And one of them is being like, oh, uh, if we had this such and such president, uh, he'd be able to stop it. And it's like, when you think about it, it's like, mm, sometimes you see that some some presidents, some people in power actually didn't help or wouldn't help, but it's just, it's just crazy. I know when you guys were talking, I think two things came to mind. One of which, when we were talking about social media, I remember like there was this guy and he was kind of explaining what was happening. And it was like, it looked like chaos in the streets and you hear these bomb siren. And it literally gave me like goosebumps. Like I was just like, wow, like they're real time, like going through it. And like, I'm over here in the comfort of my room. And like, you're seeing all these people um, going through that. It was really, I don't know, it was really gut-wrenching. And I would say as far as like seeing media's response to it, not necessarily like seeing like the inside look, but like how the media is responding to it. I know I kind of saw like this little mini debate going on in through social media talking about um, people's coping mechanisms and like the way people cope with things in general outside of the world too. different from person to person. And so there was this conversation about, you know, as far as like this coping mechanism of like making jokes or like things of this nature, like um, they were saying like, if you're not going through it, then it's not your coping mechanism. Ah, ah, hold on, words trying to find the best way to formulate it but like there was comments going back and forth pretty much like this isn't like your situation to joke about in a sense like you're not the people that's going through it and yes you can be affected by it but to make jokes about it when you're not there with those people like there was like this debate over that and so I kind of thought about that when um earlier we were talking about like some people who um make like TikToks like dancing and things or making like memes and jokes like 
um, that was also something that came to mind. So I'm very interested to see like how this evolves. Um, and I think something that's very important, um, but just about just like history in general, when I think about when this first happened and I'm thinking about like the base knowledge that I already have, like things that I learned in high school about like NATO alliances, foreign policy and all these things. And you're seeing it happen in front of you and like all that knowledge is coming back. And of course I had to remind myself about a few things because I haven't had history in a while, but nevertheless, um, I'm very interested to see like the response because I, I have noticed some posts on social media where a simple Google search could like aid them in their response to the war because it's like, oh, why won't NATO help them? Or like, why are they helping them? And like things of that nature, but like not understanding like how NATO is formed and why it was created and which countries are even a part of it to begin with. So I'm very interested to see like the response and how we move forward. Um, I definitely think this is a conversation that could like definitely go across another episode because within the next two weeks, especially after spring break, there could be something completely different happening or like this story is going to evolve in even more. Um, so I'm definitely interested to see how everything plays out. So yes, we'll be sure to talk about this on our next podcast to kind of give some recap and see how the events unfold. So we'll definitely be talking about that next time. And so for our next topic on today, just a quick Black History Month review. Um, the ending events for BSU was open mic night and our mental health stigmas in the Black community. Now our open mic night, unfortunately, had to be postponed because it was snowing. And if you live in the Midwest, you know it could snow one week and it's 80 degrees the next week. So we had to cancel it. But the plus side is that it has been rescheduled for this Thursday in the Rock Room at 9 p.m. So definitely come out if you can. For our mental health stigmas in the Black community, we were able to have a presentation from one of the Black counselors in the Rockhurst University Counseling Center. So she did an amazing job in just giving like those statistics, history, but then also having the space and environment to talk about issues today and how mental health and traumas within the Black community can affect generations to come. So it was absolutely a great conversation, and I hope that we can continue this conversation just about mental health in general. I think it's important to not only highlight history, culture, the good things, but then also talk about those things that may not be as comfortable. Um, I, so I'm glad that we had that space to talk about it. Next, we had our BSU alumni networking event, which was great. Um, we have a new network called the Alumni of Color Network that has just been formulated this month. So we're excited to work with that network in the future. Next, we have our BSU Day. So on BSU Day last Friday, we raised money. And so we, we went over our goal. And so it was very exciting. And we really can't wait to um, not only utilize that money for the Black Student Union to aid in our different endeavors, but then also to give half of that money to the KC Community Scholarship Fund. Um, so it's going directly into the community and we're very excited to see what they can use for that. And so, yes, yeah, something that I really wanna leave you all with as we just close out Black History Month, Black history should be celebrated all throughout the year. Um, we really urge everyone to make sure you have that mindset, make sure you have um, that space and that environment to learn more 
to be open to learning more, to be an ally, not for one month, but throughout the year. We strongly encourage you to be able to step up and stand up and stand out, um, being able to talk about different things and to allow yourself to be uncomfortable because these conversations can be uncomfortable. Um, so we really urge you all to do that in every month, not just Black History Month. So as we close out this podcast, let that be your call to action. I, we really hope it inspires you and empowers you to do more within your personal life, work life, and school life. So for Sydney, Daniel, Damien, and this is Brianna Murrow, we're signing out. Oh, well, I'm not. Because that's what you're supposed to do. I'm not stressing over it. <laughs>